0: The word gospel translates to news that brings joy. But this isn't just any news, a gospel is news that changes a life forever. After being invaded and enslaved by Persia, Greece won two decisive battles at Marathon and Solus. The Greeks sent out heralds, also called evangelists, to proclaim the good news to the cities. We have fought for you. We have won. And now, you're no longer slaves, you're free. The reality is that we are all slaves, slaves to sin and slaves to death. We are slaves in need of good news. Enter Jesus, God's Son, fully God, fully man, bringing news that would change our lives forever. His news was this, I am the divine, come to you to do what you could not do for yourself. I will take what you deserve so you can have what i deserve you have no idea how much it will cost me but you also cannot imagine the depths of my love for you it is a gift that i give freely so repent repent from all the ways you've run from me and follow me follow me because i am the only way to eternal life follow me because i'm the savior you've been looking for Follow me because I have authority over everything, yet I have humbled myself for you. Follow me because I died on a cross for you, because I'm your true love and your true life. This is my good news for you. This is my gospel, that you have been saved by grace and that you are slaves no more.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Belong Church on day 15 of 21 Days of Prayer. And I just love that bumper video, and we're using the same one for the month of August as we're reading through the book of Matthew, and we're hitting all the Gospels now for the, the rest of this year almost. It's going to take us August through November, and I just love hearing the different phrases and the different points of that. It gets me every time, and even just a few minutes ago, Michael's like, I've heard this video so many times, and I have as well. Not as many times as he has, obviously, um, but it just gets me to hear the little phrases, and you're not a slave anymore, and I just I just love that. So welcome. We're so glad you're with us. It's a great day to be serving the Lord. And as I kind of mentioned and alluded to, we are reading through the book of Matthew this month, and I've challenged everybody, and I understand it's a big ask, but I've challenged everyone that you would jump jump into that with us, that you will try and read through the book of Matthew, um, whether it is um, just reading um, just through in a, in a week if it takes you that long or if you can do it in a couple of days or three days or the off day, you can get it all done in one day and I'm listening to it instead of sitting down to read it. I'm a better person listening to it than I am to find the time, the discipline to sit down and actually you know, go down and use my finger to go across the words that are there. But I, I love how uh, just the, the burden that was put on me of, of, of several months ago actually that we would take this journey and not just be looking at what what it is to um, hear messages, but also then to apply it and see exactly what the Word of God says and not be looking at what is um, just what someone else has told us all along the way. And as I, as I looked at that, one of the things that I saw is one of the top questions posed by so many people. And one of the things that I hear most often as, a, as I go through my day-to-day life and our, our day-to-day talking and ministering to people is these questions. They want to know, how do I hear from God? They're asking what is, how do I know the direction for my, for my life and, and they wanna know how to do what they wanna do. So God, how is it that I'm supposed to take my life and live my life and walk in this way and how can I hear your voice and how do I know the direction? Well, and and is the crazy thing is that as I started looking at it and just the message started downloading inside of me for today's message is I I realized that there's a natural way that is a default. And that's often just what there is of what we do in ourselves. And that is to do what I think. And we end up in a situation where we're trying to follow God or we're trying to live our life. We're trying to do what we think that there is to do. And that will often get us in trouble. See, but by running my life and doing it the way I think it's supposed to do, I'm limited to, and there's several things here, and you're going to see it up on the screen behind me. My knowledge, my experience, my trust, and my thoughts I'm limited to those things when I try to do it my way. And as we look at doing life my way and just trying to get it in on the only way that I know how, it's, it's very limited. But the crazy thing is for me, and maybe you're like me, is what we end up doing is we think that we have it all together and we know best what to do. And so we don't really realize that we're limiting ourselves to what we know our experience what we know to trust in our own thoughts. But when we go it alone, when, by when we do that by what I think, and that's the judge and that's the pattern, that's the, mesh, um, the measure that we're going with, we end up missing it. And if you've been around me any length of time at all, you've, you've heard me talk about this this word missing it or missing the mark. And we see in the gospel where it's called sin. And, and Jesus says, and started off with John the Baptist as we're going through this whole month of August, reading through the book of Matthew. Started off with John the Baptist out there saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying you need to repent of your sins. And Jesus comes on, and he's saying the same things. And and over and over again, they're talking about sins. And, And this many years later, we are looking at sin as this image in our mind of what sin is. And it's usually generally around shaking your finger in someone's face saying, you're a terrible person. You've missed it. You've blown it. You've done all of these things. But when we look at the exact word in the Greek, when Jesus said your sins, when he talked about the woman, her sins, though there are many, when he uses the word sin every single time, it literally means you missed the mark. So when we try and do life our own way, we will always end up missing the mark because how can we, an imperfect world, try and live up to the standard that God has given us? So when I try and go it alone, when I try to use my own measures to live my life, I'm going to always end up missing it or missing the mark. You see, we need to submit our future to God. God. This, last, this past week, as we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer, we're actually on the tail end. We've done two-thirds of it. We're beginning the third week today. Today is day 15 of 21 days of prayer. And as we're meeting and, and, and watching it on live, and the, the, the replay's up there for 24 hours so that you can watch it. One of the messages this week was on ask, seek, and knock. And it's so cool, and I just love how God is speaking to me in this season. And very often, I'm not using cookie-cutter messages. I'm not even really going back to, since we do 21 days of prayer twice a year in January and August, it'd be real easy just to go back to my notes from before and just throw something up. But I really felt like God was like downloading into me every morning very often what it was in this particular week it dropped out into my heart this simple scripture we're supposed to ask we're supposed to seek we're supposed to knock And as I got up in the middle of the 21 days of prayer and I started just pouring out my heart in that short 15 minutes, if you've never prayed for an hour, I just want to tell you it's not terrible like you think. It's very structured and we have our prayer first guides, the prayer guides that are here and like I've said so many times, if you don't have one, send us an email and we're happy to send one to you or you can go to our website and it's the first banner on there. You can click on it and download the entire thing in PDF form. But as I started digging down into that, I've heard this scripture of ask, seek, and knock forever, but it really, just really just jumped out at me this week in the middle of prayer time that we are supposed to ask. We saw a few weeks ago that God says, hey, I know all of your needs. I know everything that you have need of before you even ask, and yet he wants us to ask. He says, ask, and he will be answered. It says, you need to seek me. Seek me means I'm actually putting intentionality after following after you. And, and our 21 days of prayer is based on seeking God and, and just trying to find him and ask him, say, hey, I don't want to do life my way. I want to do it your way. And then knock, it came up. And as, as I was in the middle of just going through what I knew, it really just, just jumped at me. I kind of almost stopped in my steps and said, why in the world do we knock? You come up to a door, to my house or to a room, and the door is shut. Why do you knock? You're asking for permission to come in. And God says, there's situations in your life that you're going to come up to something and you need permission to go across that threshold. You need permission to go to the next level, to open that door and go through, and you need to stand there and knock. But I love what he says Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. See, God has all the chapters of our life written. He says, In his book, all of our members were written, and all of our life was mapped out. But how many of you know, some of us add some other chapters in what God has in our lives, but yet, he has the great opportunity for grace in our life, but in all of his book, all of our chapters of life are written. The plans that he has for us, and we've looked at this so many times in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan for us, a great plan for us, but we have to discover it. We have to find out what that is for us. We see in John 10, 10, my favorite scripture of all time that if I can't even hardly go one message or one conversation without bringing up John 10, 10, where Jesus says, hey, the enemies come to, kill you to steal from you and just to try and destroy everything in your life and that's the world's economy he says but i have come to give you life to the full see god has all the chapters of our life written he has the plans for us all laid out and he has a life to the full but it's over here and we can't attain to it unless we leave this world but we have to stop doing what we think and how we think it's supposed to be and transition into living life to the full But all of that requires us to hear, to listen which is one of the great benefits of 21 days of prayer. It's a time for us to center and just bring everything back, which is why we do it two times a year. The beginning of the year in January that has fasting along with it. It's a great thing just to start the year off and kind of just realign everything. And in August, when we're starting the rest of the year out after the summer and school's going back to in and kids are going off to college and all these things, it's another time for us to recenter but to say, hey, I'm not gonna get just so caught up in my day-to-day life that I don't ask, seek, and knock, but I can actually focus on hearing from you. See, in Matthew chapter one, if you've been listening to the, the podcast of, uh, of, the, of Stephen B. Stevens reading the Bible as I'm listening, or you're reading in your Bible as we're going through the entire month of August reading the book of Matthew as many times as we can, Starts off with the genealogy, and in chapter 1, it talks about Joseph hearing that Mary is pregnant. Now, it's funny, because as I was listening to it, I'm thinking, you know what? We hardly ever hear the message of, of Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus being born any time other than When? Christmas. And it's like we do it so well in all the Christmas pageants and everything that the other months of the year we never talk about that time. So it's kind of funny to me that in August we're talking about Jesus being born and Christmas kinds of things. But Mary, as you'll recall, was found to be pregnant because God had come to her. And we will look at that in a lot better detail most likely when we get to the book of Luke because it's the greatest um, description of it all. But Mary is finding herself pregnant, and she reaches a point where she's showing, and it's, there's no reasonable explanation. She tried to explain it to Joseph, but again, we looked at uh, two weeks ago. There've been 400 years since a prophet had been there. Twenty generations of fathers having sons, having fathers having sons. That they've so far removed from hearing from God that when you say God came and spoke to me, and I, I it's not believable. Verse 19. Joseph had his plan. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, Mary planned to send her away secretly. See, Joseph had a plan. Joseph was limited to what he knew and in his perspective of life of these are the circumstances that are dealt me. These are the cards that I have in front of me. What am I going to do? And he was taking out of his human knowledge, like we all do, taking the initiative to say, okay, this is my plan. I'm going to send her away. Mary, I'm going to just like, let this thing just like dissolve secretly. She's going to be gone. No one will know. And she's just going to go away. And I don't want to have her stoned. I don't want her to die. I do truly love her. I don't understand all this stuff. I'm so confused. Verse 20. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary for your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine? Again, we the first message of this whole series in August was talking about the context of the Gospels and, and coming out of the Old Testament into this. And can you imagine? He also had never heard anyone that had heard the voice of God. There hadn't been a man of God preparing or to, to declaring anything for 400 years so it's limited to his dad telling what his granddad told him his granddad going back 20 generations and all of a sudden joseph has an angel appearing to him in a dream and of course we know he took her and he he accepted that and he understood what was going on and this crazy miracle begins to happen the same thing with the wise men They're sitting there out just doing their own thing. They had been studying and looking and anticipating when the Messiah would come. And we also looked in great detail of how the tensions were rising politically and very similar to what we have going on in our country and in our world today. And it's getting more and more amped up. And they're all looking at us that the only way we can really get out of this is if the Messiah comes. And right at the point where the tensions are about to spark over into war is when Jesus comes onto the scene. So they're sitting there trying to figure all this out. The wise men are studying it, and they're all looking to the Savior to be born, and they see the star. I can't help telling the story without seeing all the Christmas pageantry that we've done with the three wise men and their gifts and all the stuff and the plays that are going along there. But here they are. They're out there, and they're getting the word from God. They go, and they're seeking him out. They're trying to find him in their own knowledge as well, and they finally find the child. In verse 11 of Matthew 2, After coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But look at this. In verse 12, And having been warned by God in a dream, Now they also, in that same time period, had gone through the 400 years and no one had heard from God. No one had 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 this experience, this download of knowing this intimate knowledge and all of a sudden they're having a a warning and a dream from God not to return to Herod. So the Magi left for their own country another way. See, God is now speaking and he's saying, hey, this is where you're trying to go and this is the direction you're naturally trying to go, but hey, I want you to go over here hey, this is going on over here, so I don't want this. So here, I'm warning you in a dream. I'm sending an angel over here. It happens again with Je- Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Um, they're, they're now, they're needing to move from here and they're going to Egypt. And in verse 13, now, when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Again, I'm, I'm highlighting these because I want us to see all the time that the Lord is now speaking and giving us direction appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And of course, we know that when Herod found out that the three wise men had gone and, and went another way and they, he felt like he'd been tricked, he went into this massive massacre, killing all the children two years under, and under to try and get rid of the Messiah. But here, where you could look at it and say, okay, we came to Bethlehem, and we did all of this, and now he's born. It's a crazy miracle, and these people came and brought us all these gifts and all these expensive, you know, all this money, this treasure that's here. Man, they're validating, so we're not just this couple that are married, but, you know, she has a baby, and this doesn't make any sense to us because it looks like I did something before I was supposed to, or she did something outside, and all these crazy thoughts are going on, but you're now in this other city that nobody knows you, and these people show up. And they're validating the call of God on your life. You think, okay, now this is where it's going to be. We're going to stay here. And God says, no, I want you to go over here. He told the wise man to go over here. And he's just moving things around like a chess piece. Then verse 19, God spoke to Joseph yet again. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, and I'll put in there parenthesis, again to Joseph and said, Where's verse 19? Okay, no, no. He said, okay, I want you to go over here. Sorry, I, I messed that up. Verse 22 then again, he says, being warned by God in a dream, they left the regions of Galilee. So look at this. Just the number of times that we're seeing the angel of the Lord showed up and said, hey, do this. Angel of the Lord came here. The Lord showed up and said this. All these things, are, all of a sudden, they're getting direction on every single step that they're supposed to do. But thanks, how many times they were uprooted Think about how many times it's like, hey, I think we're, this is where it's going to be. We're going to put our roots down here, and it's all going to be okay here. All of a sudden, God says, nope, we're going over here. Think about how when they get there, okay, this is it. Nope, we're going to go over here yet again. And it's like, what in the world is going on? But each time, it was to fulfill a purpose. Verse 23. And when they came, they lived in a city called Nazareth. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. So all of these things are following through all the bad things and the evil plans to rob, to kill, and destroy, as we talked about in Matthew 10.10, that the devil has and the world's economy to try and take us out. But God is saying, hey, but life to the full yeah, you're going to have to move around. You're going to have to not stay just planted here. you got to go over here. And then once you're here, that's not it. you got to go. you got to just follow my word. But hearing the word of God. Can you imagine if they woke up and said, man, I had the craziest dream. You won't believe the dream I had. An angel was in my dream. And then they went on and did what they thought they should do and not heeded the voice of God. Fast forward to Matthew 6. Jesus is speaking here. Listen to what he says. For this reason, living your life to the full, and you can read all the, the, the text before it, I tell you, do not be worried. And, and worried, I have it underlined, and it, and it literally means to be anxious or to have anxiety. And the number one thing that I hear when I talk to people every single day during the week is I'm out there talking to people Anxiety is the number one problem that everyone has. And it's so rampant that people are on medications to try and, and cover it, that people are like can't sleep at night or having panic attacks. And, and we talked about last week that a friend of mine, her son is having panita- panic attacks now at a very young age, and it just breaks her heart because she struggles with that. Anxiety, panic attacks, and being anxious is all wrapped up in this word, Worried. And Jesus, this is in red, but for the purpose of being able to see it, we've got it in white. This is Jesus' words. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is life not more than food or the body more than clothing? Verse 26, and look at the birds of the air that they do not know how to sow or reap or to gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are, not you, are you not worth more than they? And I, I love how God is just all so intertwined in the Bible between the, all the different places. And, you know, the four things that we have as our, as our core things for our church is number one, to know God. And if you don't start off with knowing God, you'll never proceed in anything else. And knowing God is that initial meeting him. And then there's the ongoing thing that's forever in our life that I get to know. And I've I've described that as when I met my wife, I met her and I I now know her. But how many of you know after 26 years of marriage, I know her more today than I knew her when I first met her. And that only came through spending time with her. Number two is find freedom. That There's things in our past that we need to have freedom from. And we'll never look at the the windshield of, tomorrow really well until we've cleared all the smudges of our yesterdays. Number three, to to discover our purpose, to find out why God put us here. And number four, to make a difference. And this word right here, worth, literally means in the Greek, to make a difference. And it, it jumped out as I was doing my study and preparing for this. Are you, in making a difference, not higher than they see our lives are made to make a difference and god is jesus is saying here hey listen don't worry about all the things and how you think your next step should be or where your path is going to lead you because i've created you to make a difference and if the birds of the air and 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 all of creation doesn't have to worry about all this stuff because my father takes care of them The purpose that he's put inside of you is so much greater than that. Don't you think he's going to take care of you? Don't you think he's going to take care of me? But I want us to see here, this is an appeal to our logic, to our thought life. Jesus is trying to reason with you. Hey, see that bird? That bird can't do anything to help it live to tomorrow. It can't show that there's going to be, for practical reasons, a worm there ready for it tomorrow. He doesn't worry about it, because God the Father takes care of it. He's appealing to the logic, and and so many times when we're talking with people and when we're dealing with things ourselves, we have to just say, put it into context and say, okay, uh, my emotions are pulling me this way, but I need some reason to go along here. Verse 27, and who of you, being worried, again, that's the same word, filled with anxiety or being anxious, look at this, can add a single hour to your life. If you don't go do it God's way, if you don't listen to what God has planned in your life, if you don't try and tune into him, what can you do for yourself anyway? I, I love how he's appealing to the logic to say, hey, listen, put it on the context. That even if you're able to do it and you spend all this time and and this energy and trying to figure it out on your own or to live life your way, can you add even a single hour to your life? You can't. See, hearing from God is the number one thing. And as we see in the book of Matthew, and as as we do the messages through this whole month, it's geared so when you now listen and read through the book of Matthew this week again more, that you hear, and the messages are tied into what we're hearing and seeing and reading in this book. Hearing from God is the paramount thing. It's the number one thing that's requested. How do I hear? Well, you've got to be tuned in and be ready for him to talk anxiety has no place in our life and it's going to try and strangle us. It's going to choke us out that we can't hear it. That the word that's trying to come in, even it says in Mark 4, that the the sower went out to sow the seed and there's four different places, the different types of soil. And one of them, the thorns and the, the, the weeds just came up and tried to choke it out. That's anxiety trying to take us out. But number three and the thing that kind of prompted this whole message in the beginning of the download is the word superstition. And it's crazy to me because what I believe God revealed to me and kind of started me on this path is the thought of superstition and how we deal with our lives and hearing from the voice of God. The, the Webster's Dictionary um, has a definition we're going to look at in just a moment. But when I was a really young child, I got caught up in my own mind. No, no, I don't know even how I got there. I guess it's just the natural inclination that we have as being human people. But I had this, this feeling that when I got in trouble at school, and that was back in the day when they would actually give you paddlings in school. When I would get in trouble at school, I would never wear that shirt again. Now, how stupid is that? As if the shirt I was wearing when I made bad choices that led to bad consequences had anything to do with any of that stuff. But I would look as I'm getting ready to go to school. I'd look and see that shirt and go, oh, no, I'm not wearing that shirt again. Because the last time I wore that shirt, I ended up in trouble. But yet we still do some of those same things. See, that was superstition. Even to this day, as many of you know, I was in a terrible car crash three and a half almost years ago. And this person rear-ended me out of nowhere going 120 miles an hour on on I-35. And and just, it, it was a terrible thing and just really turned our lives upside down. A concussion and went to the emergency room and just thank God that nothing really bad happened. The hand of God was there. But you know what I found myself? And sometimes, if I'm being completely honest, still find myself as I, as I approach that place on I-35, I go right back to that thought and go, <gasps> and I get more worried, and I'm looking to see if there's anybody coming around me. Is there any way behind me? Is there any other stuff? But you see, we, we start feeling anxious as we near those places that bad things have happened. That's superstition. That's me thinking that I can control the situation. I couldn't control the day that the person crashed me, crashed into me any more than I can control any other day. But I have to hear the voice of God. The voice of God was leading me, and he helped me through all of these steps. And it's a crazy story I don't have time to go into this morning. But even in that, God was with me. The same thing when I made bad mistakes when I was a child and end up getting the proper discipline. I can't look at those things and go, oh, it's my clothes that I'm wearing. But yet we end up doing that so often, time. See, as I, as I read through the book of Matthew, I, I had this thought coming up to me. Jesus healed all the time. So this group of people came out, and he healed them. And this group of people came and healed him. And this one came out, and this one, and the leper cried out, and this one, and the man that was blind. And all of these people are crying out to Jesus, and he healed them. But he didn't heal them the same way. Not once did he heal them the same way. So he didn't say, okay, now here's the formula. If you get a guy with the blind, you're going to take some mud, you're going to spit, and you're going to make a blue thing, and you're going to rub it in his, or you're going to speak over here, and you're going to tell if if somebody's leprous, you're going to tell him to go and dip in the, no, you go, if you're, he didn't do any of that stuff. Every time, Jesus says he only did what he saw and heard the voice of God doing. See, Jesus was following and listening to God in every situation the definition of superstition from um, webster's is a belief or practice resulting from ignorance huh, fear of the unknown a trust in magic or chance or a false conception of causation now, i know this is wordy because it's a dictionary definition But just think about that. A belief or a practice. So you start putting into practice, you start living this life based upon ignorance. You just don't know any better. And so many of us, we live our lives doing it the way we think it should be because we're ignorant, for lack of a better word. Because we're trying to do it our way. Or we say, the fear of the unknown. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm going to do this. Or trusting in magic. or It's just all going to work out. Well, I'm going to go read my um, tarot cards. I'm going to go read my astrology, and I'm going to post on Facebook what it says for me today. It's like, oh, dear God. But you're putting your trust in magic or a false conception of causation. Look at number two. A notion maintained despite evidence to the contrary. But isn't that what we do in our Christian life? We read the Word of God, and it says this definition of how God sees me And then I look in the mirror and say, yeah, you're not that person. And I end up living a life based on what I see in the mirror than what I see in the Bible. End up chasing this notion despite what God says about me. But can I take it another step further and this is my definition and and I'll, I'll label this Christian superstition Putting belief in a process, which ties right into when I found out what Webster's definition was. I already had this one laid down there. And it's, fall, it's going into that false conception of the causation. That I say, okay, well, the last time I prayed, God said this. So this is what I'm going to do because he said that last time. Well, I read this in the Bible. And because he said to do this over here, this is what I'm going to do. It's not about what the individual things are that God did that caused the miracle in the Bible or even our lives. or We hear somebody, hey, you're talking to somebody at work and and they had a miracle of God happen. What'd you do? Tell me because I'm going to go do the same thing. No, you missed it. And I want to say that's Christian superstition because you're putting belief in the process that happened for them instead of looking at who the one is that did it. Looking at how God moved previously and trying to duplicate it enters into superstition. And and what it looks like for me is going to look different, completely different, maybe even unrecognizable for you. And yet we judge. I'm here to tell you this morning we can't judge because it's not what I think, it's not how I think, it's not where I think, and it's not through who I think. I'm gonna say that again. and We have the screen; it's gonna pop up here too. It's not what I think, how I think, where I think, or through who I think. And see, if I try and fit it into this, it's gonna fit into my logic. It's gonna fit into how I think. It's gonna understanding. Okay, this makes sense to me. Is completely outside of the will of God, and I'm gonna to suggest to you is outside of the plan. In the direction, hearing from God. Because if it's what I think, there's no need for God. If it's how I think, he doesn't need to be a part of it. I don't even need to ask him. If it's where I think, if it's through, who uh, I need a financial miracle. I oh, know this person, they got money. They could do it, they could give it to me. They could give me that money, they could buy that car for me. They could do, they could do, they could do all that. You go, God says no, your, your eyes on the process your eyes on how you think it should be. You're not even listening to me to say, how am I going to do this in your life? Again, Jesus could have spoke to the blind man and done the same thing every time, or he could have said making mud pies is the plan every time. But if he had done that, we would have focused on the process even more instead of who is the healer. Think about that. We would focus on the process instead of who is the healer. And we would have entered into and stayed into Christian superstition. As we're landing the plane, look with me, at what I've already talked about. But let's look at ourselves in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus says, Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find it. Knock, and it will be open to you. That's the purpose that we're, we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer, day 15 today. We'll be meeting again tomorrow at 6 o'clock. You can join us online. Um, you can, you're can you welcome to be here with us live. Most people are going to do it online because you can do it while you're getting ready for work. And, and just put, you know, 6 a.m., 6 to 7. We're usually done at 6.55. And we're just going to go through a short message. And there's a time for you to go through the, the prayer first guide and there's a place, all the different scriptures you can pray and all the different things and a place for you, it just kind of maps it all out and then we come together at the end to corporately seal the time. But the only way we'll hear from God is if we're asking. The only way we're going to find him is to seek him. In those places that we we find ourselves in, that we need permission to go across this threshold, to go into this next room, if you will, there's a door standing there. We need to knock. Because who is the one who owns that door? It doesn't matter what that door is. It's our Heavenly Father. In Proverbs or in Psalms it says, the heart of the King is in the hand of the Lord. Like a river, he's going to turn it wherever he wants. But that does not mean I don't need to be doing my part. I still have to ask, seek, and knock. And look at verse 8. For everyone, I love this, not sometimes, not maybe if you're special, Not, if you're living life perfect and you don't make any mistakes, everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And he who knocks, it's gonna be open to you. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Today we see that God has a great plan for our lives. But we need to hear we need to listen we can't go by the cookie cutter of what we've seen other people's lives even if they're our spouse even if they're our parents or our siblings god has a different direction for every one of us we also see that we need to ask seek and knock but all of these are predicated on a relationship you will never find the plan for your life without knowing god You're just going to end up forever going around in circles, missing your full potentiality, chasing what you think. Let me ask you this. How could you hear from somebody you don't know? Today can be your day. Today can be the day you begin your relationship with Jesus, your heavenly Father. Or it may be the day you begin again. I simply want to ask you, invite you to say this simple prayer with me. That's you. We believe that making a decision between you and God is private. There's a public declaration of that. That's baptism, and we'll talk about that at another time. But this is a private moment. It's between you and God. If you feel that beating in your heart and that quickening, you know something is going on. Let me just tell you, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit inviting you. That's you this morning. I simply want you to say the prayer with me, and I'm going to help you with the words. Say, God in heaven, I want to know you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, for paying for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for making mistakes. I choose you. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life, number one. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who, who said that prayer. Lord, for the first time, Lord, we're coming back to you again. Maybe it's the 500th time. Maybe it's the 1 millionth time. Your word says that every time someone turns their life around and comes back to you, that all of heaven rejoices when one person does father we just pray and seal this message lord that for hearing that we'll hear you and know what your voice is in our life for the world anxiety will drop off of us when we get into the plan of asking seeking knocking and then hearing when we realize that we can't do anything for our life but we're dependent upon you That will push superstitions aside. Lord, where we think that there's a pattern and there's a process that we could just duplicate and magically something's gonna happen from God. God, we focus on you that you will reveal to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we really appreciate everyone that's joining us online. And, and I know that most of our influence as a church is coming through our online church and the people who are watching this this afternoon and during the week and sending it to somebody else. And it's just crazy the stories we hear coming back. But we want to hear from you. And if you made those decisions this morning, I want you to simply text the word NEXT to 469 289 That's our ability to communicate with you through text. And you'll see it at the bottom of your screen. Simply text the word NEXT to 469 289 And we want to hear your testimonies. We want to hear your prayer requests. We've got one more week of 21 days of prayer, so send them in. We've got a couple that's come in and through Facebook messaging and all these different ways, we want to agree with you and to pray with you. As I was talking to someone last night, um, I, I was challenging to be a part of, of taking the next step with us and, and just going through the distance with us. And, and we don't look conventional and we aren't conventional and we're trying to do what God has called us to do in this step. And, and, and this words just came out of me. I said, and I want to encourage you to begin to be a part of what we're doing and that it's good for everyone to give back, that even people who don't understand about God, understand that it's good to give back and if if you want to be a part of our financial success as a church and as a ministry again this will be at the bottom of your screen you simply go to give to it's in our app it's on our website it's everywhere in the world you can find it but we want to encourage you to take that extra step and to be a partner with us as well well if you will stand to your feet with me and we're just going to pray and dismiss father god i just thank you for what you're doing lord i thank you for the month of august that we're reading through the book of Matthew. And as we're trying to hear your voice and we're trying to learn what it was at the core level, what you did and not from preconceived ideas or what we heard about the stories of Jesus, but that we read and hear for ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to put into practice what you've given us this week. And Lord, bless the rest of 21 days of prayer. Lord, I pray in agreement for all the requests that are coming in. On day 15, of 21 days of prayer that you're doing something amazing as we ask, seek, and knock. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.